Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. How to get 30, 30, to get 30, how to get 20, 20, 20, how to get 20, 20, to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month? So, Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hi, everyone. My name is Alan. I was diagnosed with a slight form of autism a long time ago. But I don't know what it means, because I'm fine. I will tell you how I built my ideal world to live in. It turned out to be easier than I thought it would be. Honestly, I don't see any deviations or whatever they say behind me. I have a great vocabulary. I read a lot of books, though I don't really like talking to people. I have the highest grades in my studies. My dad hired a tutor at home and he worked with me. But we sat in different rooms and watched everything on a big screen. I was uncomfortable at the thought of him being around. The only friend I had was my father. He was the only one I could get along with and talk to, though not much either. Where is my mother? I have no idea. Only once I heard that she ran away, and there were no more questions. My dad works a lot. We're rich. I don't see that as a big deal. Unless they buy me whatever I want. But I get used to new things very slowly, which is why I have in my room all the toys from childhood are still there, and even some furniture and clothes. I ate the same thing too. Eggs and bacon for breakfast, chicken soup for lunch, and grilled vegetables and meat for dinner. Dad knew about it and didn't even question it. But one day, life began to change, and I, as you might have realized, don't like new things. Three of our maids quit at once. The old ones already knew how to behave. We hardly ever saw each other, and if we did, I would leave or they would leave, so we wouldn't even cross paths at different ends of the hallway. So, we quickly looked for new ones, and we found one. Her name was Mary. Dad came into my room and sat across from me. I was playing with Lego. Hi, Dad. Hi, son. How are you doing? Do you play with Lego? Yeah, I like Lego. Alan loves Lego and Lego loves Alan. Do you want me to get you some more pieces? Yes, bye. I want more, lots of them. Yeah, soon you won't have room in your room for Lego. I will, I will. Alright son, I'll buy you the same old Lego. Okay. Son, there's something I need to tell you. What is it? I was building Lego houses and I didn't even look my father in the eye. I didn't like to do that with anybody. We got a housekeeper. Her name is Mary. I know you don't like new people, just so you know, and don't get scared if you see. New, I don't like new things. 
Alan does not like new. She's not dangerous. Mary knows your boundaries and she promised not to break them. Why did you bring her? We need help around the house. She's going to do the cooking. Scrambled eggs, soup and? Grilled meat, I remember. And I'll ask her to cook just like she used to. Okay, Dad. He was worried, and I could feel his excitement. It made me uncomfortable. Dad left for work. I stayed behind to keep building Legos. Then it was time for breakfast. I went out to the kitchen, as usual. There used to be a breakfast stand there at 8.30 no earlier, no later. I was never late, but as I walked into the dining room, I noticed a girl standing there. She is setting the table, I froze at the door with discomfort. Good morning, come on in, I already poured your tea. I felt so sick, I mumbled, looking at the floor, that I wasn't drinking tea, I was drinking water. She poured the water and pushed the chair aside. I wanted to eat, so I sat down there, but she wouldn't leave, circling me, serving me a fork, a knife, bread. Man, I was starting to get really nervous. I didn't finish my breakfast, I just got up and ran out and texted my dad to hurry up and buy Lego. And he brought it to me. I was sitting there all nervous when my dad came into the room with three big boxes of Legos. They were the same, exactly the same as the ones I had. I immediately started building more houses with them. There were already dozens of assembled houses in my big room. My dad praised me, kissed me, and went back to work, and I stayed home. After a while, Mary knocked on my room and came in without permission. I lowered my eyes to the floor again and she started babbling non-stop. What do you want? Just to clean the place up a little, dust it off. You can stay here, or you can go to the other room. You don't have to clean here, I told you. All right, all right, I'll just do a little. I left the room in silence, went to my father's room, sat there reading. I was gone for an hour. I went back to my room and I was horrified to see that it was just a mess. Everything was out of place, everything has been rearranged, and something is no longer there. What have you done? Why? Cleaned up? Why? What's wrong? Tell me what's wrong. I'll redo it. It's all wrong here. I don't like it. My boundaries. You violated them. Why did you do that? I was so angry, I started calling my daddy and cursing. He flew in from work and calmed me down, and then he promised to talk to Mary. I knew I couldn't see her anymore. While dad was at his place I took the most precious things and started dragging them to the woods near the house. I had always liked it, so I found a nice quiet spot and started building a Lego house there. When I ran out of parts, I would go back to the room and get more. Now I was in the room less often. Only on the second day, I realized that I had already dragged everything and I was out of Legos. I wanted to ask my father to buy more, so I went to his office. I went in without knocking, as usual, and saw Mary there. They were standing there kissing. I was disgusted. I was angry with my father. It was like a betrayal, a betrayal of me. How could he even do that? I quickly turned around and ran out of the house. Dad shouted my name and ran after me, but I was faster than him. I found my house, the woods, and hid in it. I sat inside and was sure that he wouldn't find me, that no one would find me at all now. But after about 15 minutes, my father showed up. He cautiously climbed inside and sat by the exit. What a house you built out of Lego, it's as big as our house. It's just an ordinary house, nothing special. How many Lego parts did you use? 
1,300,674 pieces. How many blue ones? How many red ones? 650,000 red, 650,674 blue. Your house is very big and bright, and you can see it all over the forest. I didn't want it to be conspicuous, I just wanted. I just wanted you to have your own space. Yeah, where you don't have to clean. Where there's no Mary. I'm sorry for what you saw. Do you love her? No, no. I don't. I like her, I really do, but I didn't want you to find out about it. If you marry her, you'll leave me. What? Who told you that? That's what grown-ups do. My mom, she fell in love with someone and left me, she left me and she didn't even call me. Okay son, let me hug you. First of all, I'm not your mother, I'm your father, and I have no intention of leaving you. You're my son and I love you. Second of all, I'm not going to get married yet. I like Mary, but it's too soon to think about getting married. You just want her for fun? What? How do you know about that? Well, you like having someone clean your room. It makes you feel good, and Mary likes to clean rooms. Oh, you mean that? Yeah, you're right. But I asked her not to touch your room anymore and another maid will cook for you. Just the way you like it. Breakfast scrambled eggs and bacon, lunch chicken soup, and for dinner? Grilled meat and vegetables for dinner. I remember. Okay, Dad, I got it. I won't sneak out again. Let's go home, huh? Yeah. We went to the house. And my huge Lego house we decided not to demolish. Then Dad said that this house could collapse, so he fixed it with something on the inside. I also heard that there was a news story about him. Like, the austere guy built the biggest house out of Lego. I don't know if that's good or bad and what that even means, but I didn't care. My dad bought more Lego boxes, and I started building new houses, only smaller ones in my room. I wanted them to be everywhere. Only with Lego, I felt better and more talkative than usual. My dad says it's the only thing that gives me pleasure. And I don't know for sure yet. I also like ice cream. Well, as for Mary, she's been trying to keep out of my sight. I don't know how she and dad were doing, how often she cleaned his room, but she never went into mine again. She didn't understand my world, and she didn't understand anybody's world. So if you don't want to end up on the autism blacklist, don't overstep his bounds. Hi, my name is Reggie. Want to hear a story about how to make money? Well, then look here. Guys, do not forget to put likes, subscribe to the channel, and comment on my story. To begin with, please tell me, at what age did you first start earning money? How much and where? My beginning of the story is a bit sad, but that's what prompted me to pull myself together and start acting. So listen up. I was born into a full family. I have a mother and three sisters. And my father was there until he went out the door for bread. We haven't seen him since. Well, about everything by the Strand. As you have already understood, we are a large family. I am the oldest child in the family. My parents wanted to give birth to a girl for complete happiness. My mother could not get pregnant for a long time. The dream of a girl haunted me. My mother cried at night. I heard her praying that heaven would send her another child. Her age was no longer young and yet she got pregnant. It was a great holiday for us. My father came home early from work and my mother told him the news. I was about 15 years old at the time. Everything was great and then suddenly changed. When my mother went for the first ultrasound, what they were told shocked both of them. You have triplets, the doctor said. My father could not believe it. 
My mother was crying, but these were tears of happiness. And when she gave birth, I remember running around the hospital looking for food for my mother. I couldn't wait to see my little sisters. The status of an older brother attracted me. And so, three beautiful girls were born. Eileen, Leah, and Mia. They were a copy of their father. At first, Dad was beside himself with happiness. But after a week, he realized how hard children are given. In addition to the fact that he began to shirk from helping my mother, he also quietly dumped all the responsibilities of the house on me. I even learned how to cook, clean, wash, and iron. It was terribly hard for me. I didn't get enough sleep. I didn't have time to do any homework. My mother saw it. She was grateful, but it was still harder for her. And then it turned out that it was hard for my father. He could not stand it. And his words about the girls being the biggest reward disappeared somewhere. My father went out to get some bread and didn't come back. We realized this almost immediately when we looked at the table. There were three bags of bread. My mother was upset and then desperate. I couldn't watch her suffer, so I started helping her with the girls. Sometimes he could even put them to sleep so that mom could get some sleep. Did I think I'd quit too? Because that's not what real men do. In the end, the money began to run out and my mother was even more panicked. We were wondering how we should live and I promised my mother that I would take care of her. After school, I also began to work as a waiter. In the summer, I washed cars, walked dogs, cleaned swimming pools, and gardens at neighbors. In winter, I cleaned snow. In autumn and spring, yards from debris and leaves. I didn't get paid to say that a lot, but with a good economy, we have enough for bills, food, and diapers. My mother thanked me every day for everything, but how could I not? To be honest, the first couple of months were still normal, but then it became very difficult. I remember that I started exams at school, and because of frequent absences, I still had to take individual subjects. There was a complete blockage at school, and a lot of problems at work. I accidentally broke 23 plates in a cafe, spilled hot coffee on a visitor, and gave the wrong change. I was deprived of my salary for a whole week. I came home and found out that the girls were sick. I didn't have the money to buy medicine. I didn't even know how to get out of it now because it was the end. My mother came to me all tearful. She felt sorry for me, but I wanted to stay strong in her eyes. I kissed her and went outside. I didn't know where to go or what to do, and I didn't want anything. I was desperate like my mom. When I crossed the road, I didn't pay attention to the traffic light. I was hit by a car. Oh no, not much. I got off with a couple of bruises because the speed was slow. The woman who came out of there in a panic began to walk around me. It turned out to be the owner of the institution where I worked. I met her at the hospital. Mrs. Viggins was very nice, unlike our receptionist. She called my mother and promised to bring me home, reassured her, explaining that nothing terrible had happened to me. My mother wanted to come, but with three children in her arms, it was difficult, so I asked her to stay at home. I told Mrs. Vigens about our situation, and she was impressed and even cried. I have long wanted to fire the administrator. I heard rumors that he steals the cash register, and also steals broken dishes on young waiters like you, and then in this way launders money for supposedly new plates, she said. It was only at that moment that I suddenly realized that I hadn't seen how many plates I had broken or whether it was me, because I was carrying an order when I heard the clatter of dishes behind me. Mrs. Viggins brought me home, left a tidy sum for my recovery and for the girls, and the very next day I came to work for the proceedings. She was right. 
It turns out that while no one was watching, she set up a camera where you can see how I turn away to carry the order and at this moment the administrator pulls out a tray with shards and pushes it to the floor, and then pretends that it was me. He asked not to go to the police and return all the loot, but the owner did not forgive him and still called the police. She appointed me to take his place, and promised me a promotion. I agreed to start work in a week to close the tales of my studies. Over time, everything improved. My mother couldn't express her gratitude, and I knew how embarrassed she was, but I did it from the heart, and I knew I was doing it right. In the end, I passed all the exams, not perfectly, but it will go. And then I came to the cafe. Mrs. Viggins was waiting for me, and I was glad of it. Almost immediately, I started a new position, began to receive even more money. So a few years passed, the girls grew up, and my mother was looking for a nanny to go to work herself. I was supposed to be going to college by then, and Mrs. Viggins offered me a great option. She promised to pay for half of my studies if I stayed to help her with her business. She had no children and no family, and she liked me, so I gladly agreed. Undoubtedly, everyone has hard times. But the main thing to remember is that all the best is always waiting ahead. What do you guys think? Once upon a time, there lived a boy raised by a horrible, terrible mother who only knew how to make him feel like he didn't deserve anything in the world. That boy grew up to live a life filled with suffering which led him to a path of destruction. But there is hope at the end of the tunnel. Hi everyone, my name's Axel. My parents fought a lot. Every day, multiple times a day. It was like being in the middle of a war zone, only the weapons they use are words. My earliest memory was of hearing my mom shouting at my dad for not being able to afford to buy her a diamond necklace like her friend Sarah's husband. Sarah lived two houses down the street, and mom and her would spend afternoons trying to outdo each other. They acted like they were friends, but really, they were fierce rivals who always tried to outdo each other. My dad tried. He tried to be calm around her, tried to be nice and give her everything. But one day, Mom hit Dad with her fist when he found out she was cheating, and he left without another word. I was ten when Dad left. Apparently, Mom started cheating on him ages ago with Sarah's husband, and she was stealing from the family business. Well, the day my dad left, the family business left with him, and Mom didn't like that one bit. She took that anger out on me. Sometimes she'd starve me on purpose, or she'd leave the house, only returning weeks later. I had to fend for myself early. Boyfriend after boyfriend came and went so quickly into our house that Mom should have just had a revolving door installed. My favorite was Tim. At least he let me keep the change whenever he'd asked me to buy him his drinks at the corner shop. And he didn't push me around like the others. Him and Mom lasted about a month. I grew up with zero self-esteem. Mom always made me feel like I was worthless. If you hadn't been born, your dad would still be here. Now look at us. We're poorer than rats. I was over her crap that week. I was already so tired from doing all the house chores and cooking her every meal that I finally snapped. Dad's gone because of you! You klepto, cheating, gold-digging slap! Mom left a stinging sensation across my cheek, and when she saw that I was trying my best not to show that I was about to cry, she decked me in the gut and I fell to the floor. She threw me out of the house that day. I didn't have anything but the clothes I was wearing on my back. 
I was lucky that my best friend Cole's mom was chill and took pity on me. I even joked about wanting to get adopted by a hot mom like her to Cole, and he immediately gave me a quick kick in the knee. It was around that time that I met Haley. I was depressed. I had no home, and I was wondering how I could ever make something of myself in the world without a family. But then I met her, and when I met Haley, my dark world suddenly became bright. I woke up every day like it was the best day ever, and whenever she smiled at me, I felt like I could do anything. Thing is, I had no business jumping into relationships. Especially not before dealing with what I got going on. Oh, I was horrible at it. The only people I could model from was my parents, and I thought that was what love looked like. I was... basically a simp. I did everything Haley asked. I gave her whatever she wanted, and when I couldn't give it to her, I felt bad and made myself feel bad. I thought I would never become like my parents. But I unconsciously did anyway. Haley and I fought every day. When we graduated, she spit on my face and broke up with me in front of our classmates. I am so glad I'm moving to Colorado for college. Now this can finally be over. By the way, I only used you so I could copy off of you during exams. You'll never be worthy of me. Or any girl. You'll never be anything. I cried a lot. I'm not ashamed to say it. But Cole and his mom were there for me. But eventually I moved out of there. They told me I was welcome to stay, but I just felt bad just taking from them and never being able to give back anything. So I took my chances and went to Hollywood. Now, I wasn't bad looking, and I was quite tall, so I thought I'd do some modeling. I got a job as a waiter and went to a few auditions. Honestly, I landed my first break out of pure luck. I was just walking to get some milk when some random lady stopped me and handed me her card. That very next day, I was called in to shoot a commercial. I went to Hollywood to try some runaway modeling. It turned out, I was pretty good at acting. So after my first commercial, that same lady who found me became my manager and she helped me book TV gigs. Nothing special, I would usually just be someone in the background. But then, one day one of the actors got sick and they needed a replacement. I immediately volunteered. The director was already frustrated, so he just waved yes. And that was the beginning of an awesome career. I did hit TV shows, movies with the best of the best, and soon enough, I was able to give back to Cole and his mom. I bought them a much nicer house, and I always send them tickets to any of my shows and red carpets. But then, years later, tragedy struck. I was in the middle of giving a press conference for having received my very first award when I got the call that Cole had passed away. He had a heart attack, and he was so young. I couldn't eat or sleep for days. I flew home and helped Cole's mom get through it. But when I flew back, I felt like I couldn't deal with it myself. I was just going through the motions, smiling for the cameras, waving to people. But inside, I felt dead. Until I saw Violet. She was crying, waving her hand so desperately at me, wanting me to sign her autograph. And you know what? When I saw her, it was like the sun was shining on me. The world stopped. 
I never felt like that in a very long time, so I invited her back to my hotel, and we fell in love with each other instantly. Violet was probably the most beautiful girl in the world, and the world agreed. We were the cover story of every tabloid and entertainment magazine for weeks. They were all talking about our mysterious whirlwind romance. Violet was there for me. She helped me get through my grief, and she made the world a happy place again. I spent every free moment I had with her. I visited her family, and I even became pretty good friends with her sister who turned out was obsessed with the same video game as I was. We bonded a lot through that. While Violet was out shopping with my bodyguard, Kelly and I would spend hours just playing on the PlayStation. I felt happy. I found somewhere I belonged again. With Violet as the woman of my dreams, and Kelly as the sister I never had. The only problem was... Maybe Violet was too beautiful? Or, as Kelly put it, too much of a flirt. Every job I had, as soon as they saw what my girlfriend looked like, the director would fire me. And then they tried to take Violet out. A couple of them even offered her jobs, giving her roles in their movies just so she'd go on dates with them. And I... I felt powerless. She said if I loved her, I would let her do what she wants. She said if I loved her that I would be happy for her, that I'd be happy that she was getting her own break. I know it was wrong, but I let her bully me into believing that she just wanted what I had, and that she was not, in fact, using me to get her own fame. I loved her so much that I let her walk all over me. One day, she tried to end my career. She called me before I saw the news, telling me that she only did it so that there'd be a buzz around us and her new movie would sell lots of tickets. But when I saw what she had said about me, I couldn't believe my eyes. In minutes, there were dozens of paparazzi outside my door. I couldn't even go out and get my postmate. Kelly had to literally muscle her way through a bunch of reporters and deliver my food through the back. The next day, the police came and arrested me. I got bailed out, of course. But my career was over. The movies I was working on dropped me. I was blacklisted from clubs and received every hate mail imaginable. Everywhere I went, people asked me the same question. Axel! Axel, over here! Why did you hit her, Axel? I did not hit her! I did not! Yeah, Violet told everyone I hit her. Sure, we fought a lot. Mainly because I would get jealous when I saw her sitting on some gross producer's lap. But I never, ever laid a hand on her. That's what I told the judge during the trial. Not a lot of people believed me. Not even my own lawyer. But then, one day, a miracle happened. The people I loved stood up for me. As Violet was telling an elaborate lie about the night I supposedly hit her, my camp called out a witness they were never expecting. Violet's sister. Kelly defied her own sister and told everyone the truth. That, in fact, it was Violet who was always hitting me that the same night she had given me a black eye just because I told her that I didn't want to be with her anymore if she would keep going out with directors and producers. Kelly told everyone how she witnessed Violet on multiple occasions punching me in the gut when her temper rose up. And then, several other witnesses said the same thing. There were even a couple of producers that Violet had cheated on me with who took to the stand. They all said the same thing, that Violet had on multiple occasions beat them up. I won that trial. And finally, my name was clean again. People who accused me apologized. 
and Violet was sent to jail for what she did. Now, her career is over and mine is back on track. And what's more is that I realized there was one person who truly loved me the way love is supposed to be like, and I kicked myself for not seeing it sooner. Kelly, her sister. I took it slow with her, and eventually I proposed. Now we live a happy life. Three kids and counting. Hi, I'm Declan, and I just got out of college. On the morning of my very first job interview, I was super nervous. My knees were trembling. Somehow, I got through the whole process, and here I am, ready to go into the real world with a paying job. Only, one thing hasn't changed. I'm still super nervous and anxious as heck. But what I keep telling myself is that my family depends on me. I'm the first one in my family to even make it past high school. And I feel like it's my duty to help them get out of living in poverty. I owe them at least that. After all, my parents worked their whole lives to pay for my studies. And my brothers and sisters had always been there to support me. On my first day of work, I put on my nicest shirt, shined my shoes until I could see my reflection on it, and brushed my teeth three times just for good measure. I was so nervous as I sat during the orientation that I began to feel... Uh, weird. I was giddy and antsy and clumsy. So when my new boss came over to shake my hand, I stood up too fast. She was bending over to greet me, not expecting me to stand. My head met her face and she stumbled backwards. I panicked. Who headbutts their boss on their first day of work? So I grabbed her by the back and pulled her towards me, making sure she didn't stumble further and fall on the floor. Instead, I'd pulled too hard. In one moment, my boss was falling. The very next, her lips were on mine. Everyone around us gasped. My boss didn't even pull away. She just looked at me and batted her eyelashes. My, my. Nice to meet you too, Declan. Oh, I was so flustered. I just stumbled over my words. I, uh, Miss, uh, I, I'm so sorry, uh, Miss Garrick. I didn't, I didn't mean to, uh, please don't fire me. Why would I fire you for a kiss? I enjoyed it. And call me Catherine. Miss Garrick makes me sound old. I don't look old, do I? No, 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 Miss Catherine, I must say, I've never greeted someone with a full-on kiss on the lips before. Way to make an impression. But see, I'm a lady. I don't kiss before the first date. And now, you owe me. Owe you? Miss? I mean, Catherine? A date, of course. 5 p.m. A car will be waiting for you outside. And so, yeah, that was my first day of work. I kind of became an instant hero. Everybody was talking about the newbie who accidentally kissed the boss and got a date. <laughs> I was so jittery, though. I'd never been on a date before. And I was going on one with my boss. As promised. There was a car waiting for me as soon as I clocked out for the day. And it wasn't just some car. It was a limo! 
The limo took me downtown, and when it stopped, the driver opened the door for me and called me Sir. It was a really weird sensation. The hostess at the restaurant greeted me with a smile. We've been expecting you. Declan, right? I nodded. Then, a waitress took my jacket and led me through the dining room. Up to the very back where only VIPs got to sit. Another waiter pulled my chair up for me and put a napkin on my lap. I was living like a king! I was used to people shooing me away because we were so poor. But now... Now, people were serving me! I promised myself I would work really hard to afford that life. Sitting across from me was Catherine, all dressed up and looking like those beautiful ladies in magazines. Do you have a girlfriend, Declan? Uh, no, miss. Uh, I I mean, Catherine, I figured as much. I've never had one. Never? Uh, Yes, ma'am. That's a disgrace! You need to get a girlfriend. But... Hmm... As much as I would like to keep you for myself, I actually invited you over here for my daughter. Your... Your... Daughter? Yes, here she is now. And in walked Emily. She looked exactly like a younger version of her mom. And you could easily mistake them for sisters. Over the next few weeks, Emily and I went on a few dates. Not really my idea. Catherine really, really wanted me to date her daughter. She even hinted that I should propose. And I didn't understand why. It's not that Emily wasn't pretty... Or nice. I just felt uncomfortable dating my boss's daughter. But Catherine made me a deal. She said if I made Emily my girlfriend, she would promote me to being her assistant. So, thinking about being able to help my family more, I said yes. People at work were starting to hate me because of all the favors I was getting. One guy in particular was Emily's ex, Darren. He dumped her a year ago, but now that she's seeing someone else, he wants her back. Not only that, Darren had been eyeing my position for years. And when I got the girl and the promotion, Darren took out his frustrations on me. Darren would pull these little pranks. He would hide my lunch or put glue on my chair. I ignored all that. But then, things began to escalate. He started stealing things from me. He stole some pens, my mouse pad, a bracelet that I bought to surprise Emily with, and even took my favorite coffee mug. Some days, I would find my car vandalized. I was still very understanding. I didn't let it get to me. But then, one day, I saw something I couldn't ignore. I saw Darren stealing everyone's sales. See... Our job is based on commission. The more deals we close, the more we earn. Every customer who comes in gets referred to an agent. But Darren made it look like he made all the sales that day. He did it again the next day. And so I confronted him about it. What are you going to do about it, huh? Tell your girlfriend's mom? 
Go run to mommy, Declan. <sighs> Some people laughed, but I reminded them that Darren had been stealing from them too. Tell corporate for all I care. You'll never prove it was me. And he was right. We had no proof. We did try to complain to corporate. Catherine even backed us up. But they didn't believe us. So, I devised a plan with my co-workers. Darren stole thousands of dollars of commission from us. It was only right that he lost something worth that. So, during lunch, we snuck out into the car park. Sally went to buy nails at the nearby hardware store. Roger ran to the garden center to get sand. And Mimi took all the sugar we had from the office cafeteria. Sally stuck in the nails in the wheels of Darren's car. Roger and Mimi poured sand and sugar in its tank. And I wrote THIEF about a hundred times all over his car with a sharpie. I was actually feeling pretty good about it. I felt satisfied. Until the very next morning when I got called into Catherine's office. And there was the VP of the company, and he was scolding my boss. Catherine, I told you to keep an eye out for my son. And now look at what's happened. I demand you fire this boy immediately. Huh? No wonder they never believed a word we said. Because Darren's the son of the VP. I was fired that day, and no amount of explanation helped. Not even Catherine was able to do anything about it. She took me outside and apologized. I told her it wasn't her fault. And she told me the real reason why she wanted me to date Emily so bad. It was because she hated the VP and how corrupt he was. She didn't want Darren to get back together with Emily because if they got married, Darren's father could easily blackmail her by using her daughter. Of course, now that you know the truth... You don't have to keep seeing my daughter. You kept your word, but I wasn't able to protect you. Catherine, why would I ever leave Emily? What? Uh, what? I love her. At first, I was hesitant. At first, I was just doing it for the job. But your daughter... She's amazing. She makes me laugh. She's beautiful. She's smart. Who wouldn't want to be with her? Why would I leave her? In fact, I should be worried about her leaving me, now that I'm unemployed. We heard someone laugh and we turned around. We didn't see Darren had been listening to us the whole time. <laughs> uh, uh, who's laughing now, you homewrecking pleb? Go back to the trailer park where you belong. Nobody wrecked your home, Darren. Emily doesn't want to be with you anymore because all you do is play Fortnite in your pajamas at your mother's basement. Everyone laughed at that. Pfft, whatever, welfare kid. Shut up and go home. You're trespassing on private property. You don't work here anymore. I said goodbye to my friends and accepted defeat. I figured... I was better off somewhere else anyway. But my friends surprised me. They railed around me. They said if they fired me, they would all walk, leaving the entire place with just Darren and his two friends. 
Even Catherine threatened to leave. Darren's dad called her bluff. And we called his. The next day, nobody turned up for work. And Darren and his friends were swamped. Hundreds of complaints were called into corporate. And it got so bad that the CEO herself flew down to see why we were on strike. And that... That was when we finally got justice. The CEO learned what happened. We told her that Darren had been stealing our commissions and that his dad covered it up and tried to fire us. As a result, Darren and his dad were fired immediately. The CEO also reinstated me. And not only that, she promoted me to manager. Catherine's old job. Because Catherine was now the VP replacing Darren's dad. That all happened in front of Darren. He looked so furious that a simple poor guy like me ended up getting everything he always wanted. But you know what? I felt he deserved a bit more suffering. So, to rub it in his face, I got down on my knees and took Emily's hand in mine. I took out a ring that I had been hiding for the past two weeks. Emily, I know it hasn't been very long, but in this short span of time, you've shown me how beautiful, kind, and loving you are. And I don't ever want to live in a world where I don't have you by my side. Emily, with your mom's blessing, will you marry me? Catherine was so excited. She jumped up and down and rushed to hug me. I welcomed her hug, thinking she'd move her head to the side. She didn't. And once again, Catherine and I were kissing accidentally. Behind her, Emily put her hands on her hips and looked very much annoyed. Mom! That's my man! <laughs> Catherine wiped her lips and smiled with guilt. I guess that means she says yes. And as the guards escorted Darren and his father off the building, Catherine, Emily, and I shared a toast with our friends and co-workers. If you asked me what happened the day before I met Anya, I wouldn't be able to come up with an answer. The truth is, I don't even think I knew Anya before then. All I remember is that I was taking photos of the Milky Way one minute and waking up next to her in a villa in the middle of nowhere the next. Hi, I'm Dane, and I got abducted and woke up next to the perfect girlfriend. So, I was out in the desert, taking photos of the night sky, when I felt something hit me on the side of my head. I passed out immediately. When I woke up, bright white lights greeted me. When I looked around, I saw that I was in an immaculately white room filled with blinding fluorescent lights. And then, I noticed her. Anya was sleeping so peacefully beside me. Her face was so beautiful. And so was everything about her. It was as if she'd leapt out of a magazine cover. She stirred in her sleep, and her eyes fluttered open as gracefully as a butterfly's wings. And when she looked at me with a smile on her face, I knew I just had to ask her out. Unfortunately, there were more pressing matters at the time. Who... Who are you? I asked her. She smiled a sweet smile as she looked up at me, wiping the sleep from her eyes. Then she giggled. Anya, your girlfriend, silly, she said. Oh, n nice to meet you, Aunt. Girlfriend? I exclaimed. What insane situation did the universe drop on my lap now?
I know I said I wanted to ask her out, but to suddenly wake up being some stranger's girlfriend? A steaming hot stranger, yeah, but a stranger nonetheless. What if she was a psycho? It must be a prank. Right? This is a dream. Right? I slapped myself three times in an attempt to wake myself up, but all it resulted in was a stinging cheek and Anya's continued giggling. What are you doing? She asked. Oh, <laughs> nothing. I, uh, I was just... It's unbelievable. Just trying to see if I'm in a dream right now, I replied. Anya let out a tinkling laugh, and then she cooed. Aww, that's so sweet. This isn't a dream, baby. I'm your girlfriend, and we'll be together forever. Why did I feel like that was more a prison sentence than a dream come true? It seemed like Anya was pretty convinced she was my girlfriend, and so I began to believe it too. What if she really was telling the truth? Maybe the hit on the head I received gave me some sort of weird amnesia, where I only forgot about one specific thing. Because I could definitely still remember the rest of my life. The only thing that didn't fit in with my memories was the notion that I had a girlfriend. As far as I could remember, I'd been single for at least three years. That day, Anya and I spent the whole day indoors. It seemed like there was a lot to explore in the house and I busied myself with getting to know the villa that was supposed to be ours. I have to confess, I've never seen that house in my life. But Anya spoke and acted as if we'd lived there for quite a while. I had to keep up with the information that I had lived there with Anya for the past three years. So, I made a conscious effort to get to know the place inside and out. The villa was actually pretty sweet. If I had to guess, it would have cost a pretty penny. The first floor was called wall-to-wall -wall in the most amazing glass windows. They stretched from floor to ceiling and opened up to some pretty breathtaking scenery. In the middle of the house, there was a cherry tree growing. There was a movie room, a gaming room, and an indoor pool. I was mostly excited for the gaming room. But the sad thing was, there was not one device in the house with working internet. Even my phone had no signal. It made sense because we were essentially in the middle of nowhere. When I looked out, all I could see was a lush, sprawling garden surrounded by desert. In the distance, the horizon was dominated by snow-capped mountains, and for miles and miles there seemed to be no evidence of any towns nearby. Anya was sweet. She was basically the perfect girlfriend. She was always kind and patient. She was funny. She was beautiful. She cooked really well. And she always did her best to make me feel comfortable whenever the situation I found myself in made me feel uneasy. I tried my best to hide the fact that I still had no idea who she was, though. The best thing about Anya was that she loved gaming with me. We would spend hours upon hours just cooped up in the game room, player one and player two, breezing through games we both enjoyed. Sometimes she would just suddenly leave the room, and when she came back, She'd appear with homemade snacks in tow. And when she kissed me, it felt electric. It felt like I'd known her forever. But somehow, something still didn't sit right with me. It all felt paper thin. Everything did. It felt fake. Manufactured. I felt like despite the amount of fun I was having living with Anya in that villa, 
It all still felt wrong, and I knew I had to find answers. Sometimes I would excuse myself and just wander around the house. I would look for clues, hidden cameras, anything. Anything that made sense. Anything that fit into the reality that I knew from before I woke up in that villa. But I never found anything. It was at the end of the first week that I decided it was probably not some sort of prank show. I doubt any prank would last more than a few hours. I guess I just wanted to believe so badly that it was some contrived scenario. So I held on to that possibility. Don't get me wrong. Things were peachy. Anya was amazing. The house was incredible. Everything was perfect. But too perfect, maybe. If that sort of thing even existed. Things just didn't sit right. Like somehow in the back of my head, a tiny voice was screaming, Run! One day, as Anya and I were having dinner together, I asked her to pass the salad. She smiled and said, Of course, baby. And as she reached for the salad bowl and handed it to me, a tear slid down her cheeks. I froze and said, Are you alright, babe? Me? I'm wonderful, baby. Why'd you ask? She said, It's just... Uh, there's a... You're crying, I replied. Anya's perfect face showed surprise. And then she searched her cheeks for the tear. When she found it, she turned a bright shade of pink and said, embarrassed, Oh, oh my. This, I, I'm sorry. I'm sure it's nothing. My eyes are probably just tired. I, I'm fine. Honestly, I, I promise. More tears began to flow, and I wiped it for her. She then suddenly stood and excused herself from the table. She rushed into our room and shut the door. Something was wrong. Something was definitely wrong, and what I did next was something I am still extremely ashamed of. I was a coward. But you have to understand, I didn't know if Anya was who she said she was. And I was afraid she was something more sinister than she made herself out to be. I ran. I ran out of the villa through the garden and into the endless darkness of the desert. All I had as light were the stars. The moon was absent that night. I kicked myself for never learning how to navigate using the night sky. I didn't care what direction I was going. I just knew I had to put as much distance between myself and that house. If I were to die in that desert, I decided it was a better fate than whatever truly waited for me in that villa. As I ran... All the memories I had from that moment I met Anya rushed back to me. Small things that I ignored or did not think about before crept up to the surface. The vacant look in Anya's eyes. The noises I heard in the dead of the night. The voices I heard even when I slept. The fact that I would wake up with things not being where we left them. At first, I thought I was imagining these things. I thought I was just being paranoid. But that night... Everything just clicked. All the things I was afraid of finally made sense. I didn't know what I'd found myself in. But it was definitely messed up. And I had nothing to do with it. I just wanted to get back to my real life. And that night, I listened to the tiny voice in my head that told me to bolt. I ran up a dune. I must have been running for at least five minutes. But when I crested that dune, relief washed over me. In the distance, I saw a cluster of lights. Ugh! House! 
I exclaimed to the empty desert. But no sooner had I taken another step that I fell over and lost consciousness. When I woke up again, it was because I felt someone stroking my hair. I blinked twice, and then covered my eyes with my hands for the blinding light that greeted me. When my eyes finally adjusted to the sterile fluorescent lights, I saw Anya's face. She was playing with my hair and smiling down at me. If she didn't look the way she did, I would have found it creepy how close her face was to mine and how wide her eyes were. I specifically remember having run away, I thought. But I had to grit my teeth and just accept that I was unsuccessful. Was she the one keeping me here? Was someone else? Are we being watched? I smiled as sincerely as I could manage. And then I kissed her. Good morning, babe. We had breakfast together, and all I could think of was that I had to get away. We worked on the garden together, and all I could think of was that I had to escape. I then made Anya a pitcher of the iced tea that she loved so that we could sit on our porch and watch the tumbleweeds roll by, and all I could think of was how I could save myself from that nightmarish situation. Things were getting worse. Every time Anya smiled at me, I would only notice the blank expression in her eyes. It looked as if she'd died inside, and her tears would come more often. Sometimes, I would catch her full-on weeping while she smiled at me, her eyes wide. But what really creeps me out beyond anything else that happened that night, I decided to save Hanya. We were playing a co-op game in the game room that night, and my mind was so preoccupied with thoughts of how I could get myself out of there, I didn't even notice her stand up. She was moving in weird, jerky motions, and then suddenly, she turned to me and let out the most anguished, horrifying scream I'd ever heard. Help! Help! Help me! I'm still in here. Please, Dane. Please. Please help me. Get us out of here. Dane. Please. And as if none of the last few seconds ever happened, Anya brushed her dress straight and went back to playing the game. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. <laughs> 